Hey, uh, before we want to start here, um, I do have to apologize if you hear the rain, which I'm sure you do. Uh, it's been really bad this morning. Um, kind of a little cold, but, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess it beats snow. Not really. Anyways, um, so with this, uh, impeachment stuff and with the State of the Union and, uh, the halftime show controversy and the Super Bowl. You know what we did forget about? And I think it's important from a U.S. perspective to understand it. We forgot about the United Kingdom. And what's so important about the United Kingdom, you ask? Is it, are we back in 1907? Well, um, they left the European Union, if you didn't realize that. And there's, uh, talks right now, uh, and I believe they've passed on... They, they chose between a, a, a trade deal with the European Union that was very uh, heavily weighted towards um, the Union. It was kind of a bad deal for the United Kingdom. Uh, no deal, or uh, as Nigel Farage, who started this whole thing, had argued uh, to leave on WTO terms. And this is huge because the United Kingdom is one of, or was in the United and the uh, European Union. The UK was one of the strongest members, uh, both economically and uh, socially, um, uh, minus uh, recent events uh, regarding terror. Socially, they've also been very stable. Uh, their politics are not in the same uh, disarray that the United States seems to be, and the loss of the European Union, the United Kingdom to the European Union as an integrated state or as Europe tries to integrate more and more states um, it, it's big because the European Union at least economically in order to keep itself uh, relevant I suppose uh, has issued a number of tariffs and really placates big business and uh, attempts to, through tariffs and, and uh, through a direct governmental control on uh, trade, uh, attempts to uh, keep jobs in Europe where, like the U.S., a lot of manufacturing and a lot of uh, industrial jobs have left because they're just not, uh, they're too expensive. Now, if you can pay someone two bucks in Singapore to make your shoes, why would you pay someone 16 in Germany? You know? So, uh, the, the Europeans have had to deal with shifting economic conditions similar, uh, similar to the United States. You know, in places like Detroit and Cleveland and some of the Midwest cities that had to, uh, are still having to adapt to the loss of that good job base, which is what spurs everything in real estate and, uh, and, and productivity in the sector in that economic area. But now, and I am someone who was fully in support of uh, Brexit, and I know that means very little as uh, an American, um, but I think one of the things that we forget, and I think really the United States should totally be on the side of uh, of Brexit, because one of the things that we inherited from the British is uh, self-determination. Obviously, if Thomas Jefferson's our political father, then John Locke is our political grandfather. And 
to see a lot of the English policy be subverted by unelected bureaucrats in Brussels is really disheartening for Europe as a whole. It's you know, as, as much as we regret the European nations fighting for as long as they did, the French still have a right to govern themselves, the Germans have a right to govern themselves, and the idea of the United States of Europe should be just that, where, you know, maybe there's a centralized body, body where the, the states, should they need to, can work out things like trade deals and, um, and, and, and joint events together, but it shouldn't be a fully integrated, you know, Europe shouldn't be one landmass as such. And the argument on the other side, and this is where the economic levels that we've, um, that we talked about in the beginning of this video, this is where these tie in. Economically, it makes sense for a lot of big businesses that are there to tie themselves together and to trade as one block. But that also prevents a lot of competition. And Nigel Farage was talking about this, and I think Sky News has a video up um, early January, he had a press conference, I believe it was, and I took a couple notes uh, from that. I think it's important to note for our own economics over here. And uh, essentially what Nigel was talking about is one of the... Uh, what's lost in the social and sometimes the economic arguments between those who are uh, pro-Europe and, and pro-Brexit is that because there is a strong Keynesian eco uh, economic influence um, from Brussels, it's really hurt a lot of the competition. And so I tried to level the playing field between uh, between the classes, and it's almost as if there 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 isn't as much fair competition between businesses as there should be, and. We saw that somewhat in the United States, you know, in 2008, 2009, um, you know, with, with a heavy, especially in the banking sector, when there was a, a heavy amount of new regulations passed and, and we were reacting to that collapse. Um, and you can see this actually in the, uh, the prime rate of many of the central banks in Europe, um, where, and, and Simon Black has talked about this, where uh, their prime rates are actually negative, and that's because they simply don't have the economic base that uh, the United States has, for instance. And not that ours is, ours is at one and a half, one point five five, something like that, which, sure, it's great if you have a mortgage, it's, it's certainly great if you're leveraging yourself, but negative prime rates is not something we've ever experienced or, or um, or dealt with, so it's new. T it's really uncharted territory, and the lack of competition and the uh, higher tariffs that exist in the European Union, which is across the board for all of the member states, that is going to really hurt them as India develops going into 2030, and uh, China seemingly continues to industrialize, although uh, we'll see after this trade war how much that actually affects them in the future. And it's 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 shocking. And another thing that um, uh, Nigel brought up was that the total percent of the global GDP right now um, that the European Union holds is about 15%. And again, that's second tier compared to the United States and China. Um, but he said by 2030, you know, they'd be lucky if it was 7%. Um, 
and by not by not allowing other countries to uh, other companies, I'm sorry, to to compete and even you know multinational corporations uh, to compete fairly and not have to deal with the EU, uh, that that could further damage them. So again, I think this is a big win for the UK. I think uh, in terms of their personal uh, social politics, this is a, a, a necessity. There was a whole lot of unneeded unrest because, you know, they couldn't even control their own borders, and that was the impetus for a lot of this. And then, and then economically, you know, the countries of Europe really deserve to um, run their own economies, run their own shows, and the fact that they're not getting that is is sad. Anyways, uh, I think this is a forgotten message that we need to we need to expand on and, and talk about so um, that's why I'm bringing that to you this morning